Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody listening and watching wherever and whenever this podcast finds you. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to this week's Bitcoin Weekly Wrap-Up for the 6th of December 2019. Um, this week's weekly wrap-up is once again sponsored by eToro. It's a really cool platform. Let's you buy, sell, and trade Bitcoin and other crypto assets. Uh, they actually existed prior to Bitcoin, and they offer a lot of really cool tools and amenities for both newbies and you know experts out there. So if you're new, you can use a virtual trading portfolio where you can actually trade with fake money to really kind of hone your strategies. You can also use something called copy trading. You can allocate a portion of your uh, portfolio, 1%, 5%, 10%, or whatever it may be. And whenever that expert, whoever you pick, you can pick as many as you want, whenever they make trades, whenever they buy and sell, it does so with the portion that you allocated towards them. So you can take advantage of their experience. On the other side of that coin, experts who want to get on this platform and build a reputation for themselves, when people decide to copy your trades, you actually get a percentage of the profits that they're making. So you can actually expand your portfolio larger than what you actually control. So everybody wins. So head over to digiknowcrypto.com slash eToro, that's E-T-O-R-O. And that is an affiliate link. And the reason I'd like you to do that is because it lets them know that you came through me, which helps um, and, you know, encourage them to continue the sponsorship, but it will also give you $50 for free. As long as you make that minimum deposit, I think it's around 200 bucks. So once again, everybody's going to win. That's diginocrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. So welcome again to the beautiful Basement by the Bay Studios, joined as always. I shouldn't say always, it's the second time, but it's going to be always from now on. My 1995 Batman Forever McDonald's Riddler Cup. If you don't know, Google it. It's uh, filled with Tazo Passion Tea. So funny stories, I got hooked on this stuff about nine years ago while I sat on the toilet for about two weeks every night reading The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. And, um, you know, for whatever that's worth, all I was doing was drinking this tea and reading that book. So if you're wondering, that's how I got hooked on the Taz. All right, so let's look at price um, last week or since last week, the price jumped up to about $7,800 again, and it's now fallen uh, this week back down to about the $7,400 range. It's currently at $7,483 as of the 5th of December 2019. I'm filming this the night before I release it on the 6th. So the first story I want to talk about was an article by uh, Lee Quinn of Coindesk, and it's entitled, What the Twitter Meme Wars Say About Crypto's Reliance on Figureheads. The article kind of talks about how crypto has strayed from its roots, by that she means Bitcoin, um, by becoming focused on personalities and that those projects with well-known figureheads, you know, Ethereum, Tron, Ripple, etc., uh, the, they are most at risk. She quoted a trader named, um, uh, what was it? Sorry, it was... Uh, Tommy Mustache, uh, he just gave a fake name, uh, but he, you know, held BNB, um, the Binance token, and Tron, TRX, however you want to know it, uh, when the the block, which is a crypto news agency, erroneously reported that the Chinese authorities were raiding Binance offices in China, the anonymous trader that was interviewed said he, as well as others in his Telegram group, uh, a lot of them sold their BNB, afraid that CZ, the head of Binance, would be arrested and the price would plummet. 
Um, in the wake of this story, CZ said that he promised to send 100 Bitcoin. Justin son, son of Tron as well, pledging another 100 Bitcoin, about $1.4 million, to form an anti-FUD fund. For those not in the know, FUD, F-U-D, stands for Fear, Uncertainty, and Doubt. Basically fake news in the, in the world of crypto and Bitcoin. And FUD is usually something that causes markets to jitter, to freak out. Um, usually to, to drop in price. Uh, so Justin Sun also sent 1,000 Tether, which is a USD peg, so about 1,000 bucks, to Tommy Mustache, the anonymous trader mentioned earlier, for him to create memes that were critical of the block, um, that crypto news agency I was talking about, the ones that broke the story on the supposed crypto raid, or I'm sorry, Chinese raid on the Binance offices. And... <sighs> There's a lot wrong with this story, not Lee's story, how she wrote it, but the attitudes and actions of the players. For one, this trader, Tommy Mustache, is sitting in Telegram groups trying to get info and figure out when to buy and when to sell. That's already a really big red flag for anybody who's been in crypto for too long. That that's Unless you're a big-time trader in some very closed groups, they have really no value, but you know, to each their own. You know, he's sitting on highly volatile coins and he's feeling bad when they do what they have done since their inception. Pump on random news and dump on random bad, bad press. One of the basic cliches of trading, traditional crypto or anything, is you buy the rumor and sell the news. He sold after the news occurred that dumped the price, like a lot of other people probably did. And he took quite a haircut. But, you know, basically, you know, it's like, sorry, dude, don't. You know, don't sit on shit coins with no utility that you were holding precisely because they can and do pump, you know, 80, 90, 200% on some story about someone's cousin who's an internet Microsoft who thought that they heard somebody say maybe one of the exec executives had mentioned the word Tron. So, you know, you also get the dumps. Um, this so-called anti-FUD fund is pretty funny, you know, um, for one, every single, you know, shitcoin calls every piece of negative news about them, whether it's false or true, FUD. And actually, we do this in Bitcoin, too. Sometimes there's some legitimate criticisms, and you'll see people just call it FUD. Um, usually, people who aren't that deep into Bitcoin, uh, usually the, the the smarter folks will, will take note of it. But people will call FUD on, and, you know, there's there are people in Bitcoin who will call FUD on everything that they just don't like what they hear. Um, so there's blame everywhere to a point. What Binance and Tron really mean by forming this fund is that they want to be seen as philanthropists for hiring meme hitmen, basically, to go after anyone that badmouths them. And, and really the last piece is that on this article is that the article is correct that there are leaders in every crypto project. I mean, for one, Vitalik leads Ethereum. This is without a doubt. He wanted to fork to correct the Dow. Ethereum went along with it. When the rumor of his death spread, you know, Ethereum tanked. You know, there's really no crypto project out there, though, without a main leader for the most part. Bitcoin, uh, you know, with Bitcoin, though, despite what many people say in it, it does have leaders, too. Uh, it doesn't have a single leader, which is good. It's better than having a single point of failure like Vitalik or whatever. Uh, but there are a group of people who have immense sway. It's not a massive group of people, but it's also not just a couple people either. Um, you know, leaders 
so within Bitcoin, the, the, the leaders that we have, some existing in, in some of those rows due to kind of really the advocacy, the ones that we have around now, kind of some of them were already around in some rows because of their advocacy in the no 2x um, movement. Um, and they also push forward the UASF, the user activated software. So to say that there's not leaders is disingenuous. Bitcoin does have leaders. And I think that it's been a real problem. Excuse me, I've, I've had a cold for like a week. Um, so like I was saying, Bitcoin has leaders. And, and I think because we have pushed this Bitcoin has leaders, no leaders meme. And I, I did for a while as well. And I, I really recognize that that's totally untrue. Um, but by pushing this Bitcoin has no leaders meme, I think we've done ourselves a great disservice because by allowing that to to become the, to basically blind us, we've ignored and never even talked about what kind of leaders we want and what kind of leaders we need. We haven't talked about, you know, what kind of people should they be? What kind of attributes should they be? What kind of, what are we looking for in leadership? Where do we want to go? Right. Because if you're going to say, you know, we don't have a leader, well, then the people who kind of become de facto leaders, whatever you, you know, influencers, I don't really like that word, but they influence the, the discussion, then they become the de facto leaders. Right. They become the de facto leaders by just merely having um, more su public support on Twitter and whatever. And that's fine. I'm not knocking anybody on that that are these you know influencers and leaders what i'm saying is that because we've said no leaders we we have just basically whoever became more popular or whatever for good or for bad um are now the de facto leaders and influencers that influence the discussion in the in the direction of bitcoin so i think that we need to do a really i'm kind of going long on this but i think we need to do a lot of uh, a lot more thought and soul searching on what kind of leadership are we looking for in Bitcoin. And in that way, we can help to identify who we want those people to be. And there doesn't need to be like one person like a president. We can just say, you know, we're looking for leaders in Bitcoin that exhibit these traits. And if we find a hundred of them, we find a thousand. If we find a million of them, great. We have those. A million might be a little bit too much to really call them a leader. Um, so next is the Great North Data Company, which is a Canadian company that mined Bitcoin. They also did some, they called it AI processing uh, data center stuff. Um, they filed for bankruptcy. The firm had $3.5 million in assets with a outstanding debt of $10 million US. Um, it's a little bit more. A lot of the numbers were in um, Canadian dollars, but these are uh, should mostly be in. I think I converted them all over to U.S. dollars. But anyways, so the company secured about a five hundred thousand dollar loan with two hundred eighty one thousand dollars still outstanding from some economic development program that the government, um, Canadian government agency, uh, Canadian government agency offered. Uh, they also took another loan from a different agency of four hundred twenty thousand dollars. 313,000 of which is still outstanding. And they also owed $316,000 in unpaid power bills from the Newfoundland and Labrador hydro plants. Um, so this is really a cautionary tale. When governments get involved in picking winners and losers, everybody loses. And, you know, these, 
the 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 miners that we already have in Canada, the the ones who bootstrapped their own companies are that are still around now, um, took nothing from Canadian taxpayers. They risked their own or investors' money. Uh, people who said like I think this is a good idea to invest in knew what they were getting into, unlike the taxpayer. Um, and if they fail, only those who know knew what risks they were taking are going to lose the money. When governments try to quote unquote create opportunities, taxpayers have no idea where the money is going, uh, where the money that they pay in is going. And now they have lost over half a million dollars investing in Bitcoin mining that they didn't even know that they were risking. So there are thousands and thousands of Bitcoin miners across the world right now that are still operating and likely thousands more that have tried and failed or are shut down right now just waiting to turn back on a later date when it becomes more profitable or whatever based on you know signals that Bitcoin sends out, risking only their funds, right? So th this is just a problem. Like I, I'm just, I think we're going to see more and more of this as governments recognize that they need to kind of start to be involved in this a little bit more once they realize they can't really regulate bitcoin away which they're starting to understand now they're going to go okay how can we get involved and i think you're going to see this kind of stuff right so bitcoin miners right now are very mobile they're very um efficient at maintaining low costs because they have to they absolutely have to but when you have a bunch of money pouring in from government agencies and and whatever, then you can kind of shove that off. And with $316,000 in unpaid power bills, I can't imagine the amount of Bitcoin that they were mining that they basically was almost completely free. So, but anyways, um, next story uh, is on, sorry again, uh, US financial regulators on a panel from the Financial Stability Oversight Council. They issued their annual report and they were saying the federal and state regulators um, need to or are going to continue to examine risks to the financial system posed by new and emerging. This is a quotation from them: "By new and emerging uses of digital assets and distributed ledger technologies." Unquote. Basically, they are worried that the existing financial markets right now could become exposed to risk due to uh, direct and indirect connections to it by you know, new digital currencies. And let's be honest, they're talking about Libra. They're not talking uh, about Bitcoin. But likely Bitcoin will actually face the wrath of this, even though they're more concerned with, with Libra. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just, I don't know what it is. My throat's just really dry. I took a bunch of Dayquil right before this. Um, so Libra and others that are, actually directly connected to the financial industry through their use of fiat currencies uh, to back their own, uh, they are directly tied in. Uh, if Libra was to fail or like this, like, there's a, a, a large scale dumping of the Libra coin um, after it attains some level of success, this would actually lead to a massive sell-off of fiat or could that they're holding to help rebalance their their portfolio, their, their basket, so to speak, um, and could actually affect it. They're, they, traditional, you know, central banks, treasuries, whatever you want to call them, that they're not one you want to, what do you want to call them, but depends on which country that we're talking about. Um, they are right to be concerned about this. Um, you know, this could definitely put these markets at risk while you know, Bitcoin is priced in dollars. It is priced in euros, but it's not that directly connected. If I sell 
or buy a bunch of Bitcoin. There's really no correlation between how well the dollar is doing or anything like that. I mean, there, there are some, but not really the same. Um, you know, but that being said, if Bitcoin was to say gain 5, 10, 20% currency dominance in the world, and let's just say it experiences a large sell-off, the instability could possibly kind of ripple into other financial markets. You know, when investors get spooked in one area, they can awful, often spill, you know, doubts and fears into other, you know, adjoining markets. And we see this in most, in a lot of other big sell-offs in the market when, let's just say, there's kind of a, a current kind of instability and unsureness about, you know, the market in general. And let's just say the technology center or the commodity sector or whatever just has a massive dump a lot of times it can ripple out in other areas of the economy that had nothing to do with the initial dump in this one sector start to experience, you know, a sell-off. Um, in truth, Bitcoin's biggest danger to traditional financial markets is its replacement of them. Um, as Bitcoin is in higher demand, conversely, those currencies people are leaving behind become less valuable. We don't need oversight of Bitcoin. You can see every transaction, every wallet, every past or pending payment. Bitcoin, you know, really just kind of oversees itself, to be honest. Um, so the last story of the day is about Litecoin, Litecoin, Litecoin. Um, so Litecoin's mining hash power is tanked more than 70% since July. This is coming right off the August miner reward halving. Uh, for those of you who don't know, is that uh, every so often uh, the minor reward is cut in half. Um, like Bitcoin is going to be experiencing happening. It's going to go from uh, 12 and a half um, to you know a little over six uh, after this in the next halving. So every time, every at a set period, roughly, um, let's just say the the first minor block reward was 100 uh, Litecoin. The next halving is 50, then 25, then 12 and a half, so on, so on, and so forth. Um, and this is also after Litecoin's price since June has plummeted from 140 bucks down to about $45 now. But, you know, its mining algorithms have gotten easier since this hash kind of hash exit. Um, just as uh, this works the same as Bitcoin's whenever the hash rate falls. Uh, the the difficulty rate drops. This is designed to keep minor bleed from being too drastic. It makes it easier to gain and, and mine more um, so that the ones who are still there or ones who are thinking about jumping in may find it uh, more conducive to do so. Well, I don't know yet if this is kind of evidence of a sustained drop um, in, in miners participating. I don't have any confidence in Litecoin long term. Um, I actually had a Litecoin advocate um, come on my show. I believe it was episode 20. Yeah, I think it was 20. I'll have the link in the show notes if you're listening uh, for, if, if you're a podcast listener at digitalcrypto.com slash wrap up 16. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, it's going to be down in the description of the, uh, of the video. And I appreciated the gentleman's willingness to come on, but, you know, I was completely unconvinced by the arguments. Um, Litecoin is basically the same thing as, as Bitcoin um, with about a quarter of the time 
to confirm is Bitcoin. So Bitcoin takes about 10 minutes per block. And, and this is about uh, a two and a half minutes in Litecoin. It, if Litecoin became as big as Bitcoin or overtook it, it would have the exact same problems as Bitcoin. So there's no added value in having Litecoin, <clears throat> Litecoin over Bitcoin. And two and a half minutes is still not fast enough to use at a point of sale system um, at a store, point of sale being the thing that you slide your card through and whatever. If you had to wait two and a half minutes from the time that you, you know, when to make your payment, like that, that's just not, that's not what, what you're going to use for retail. Um, so there's no added value there. If, if, um, you know, a lot of the arguments that I've heard is that, uh, Litecoin tests things, tests things earlier than Bitcoin, um, which is good for Bitcoin, so you should like Litecoin. Um, that you can use Lightning on Litecoin for payments and Bitcoin for digital gold, um, using future atomic swaps to swap between the the digital gold Bitcoin and the and the uh, Litecoin for payments. And those are basically instantaneous swaps of one coin for another uh, when you need to pay something or whatever, and it it, it works. It's a lot more smooth, a lot more efficient, and less costly to do so. Um, so for the first argument, that being it's Bitcoin sandbox, um, that being the sandbox for testing stuff prior to Bitcoin implementing it as, you know, that's a plus for Bitcoin. So yeah, if you're a Bitcoiner, you're like, fine, great. But that's not a plus for Litecoin, right? It, it doesn't, it, and you know, being the guinea pig for another coin, it's not, it's not a selling point for you to invest and, and become a proponent of that coin. Um, as far as for the atomic swaps from Bitcoin into Litecoin, whatever you want to pay, it doesn't make any sense either to me. If you're using Lightning on Bitcoin, why would you switch to Lightning on Litecoin? I mean, pretty much the, 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 only, the only benefit of switching from Lightning on Bitcoin to Lightning on Litecoin is that you'll, you would have what? two and a half minute confirmation time if you wanted to bring your lightning onto main chain. And that doesn't make any sense to me either. Um, I, I don't see any real value in Litecoin that doesn't already exist in Bitcoin or anything that they're going to do in the future. Uh, because if they're testing it on in Litecoin and it works and they'll just test it in Bitcoin if it makes sense to do it. So I, I just, I don't see any use for it. But do your own research. Uh, but to me, when the leader of Litecoin thinks that not owning any of the coin that he's a proponent of is, is, is a, is a plus is a good thing. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's like a CEO of a company cashing out of his stock in the company that he's the leader of while claiming that it also has a really bright, bright future. I don't buy it. Do your own research, but that's just my own opinion. Um, so that's it for this week's weekly wrap up. I want to thank you for listening um, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. You can just go to my uh, website at digitalcrypto.com and click on the little Apple icon to review or digitalcrypto.com slash platforms. Um, and you can uh, go and find Apple right there. Uh, if you are in YouTube, uh, boop, boop, go right over there. You'll see a little subscribe button if you're in uh, mobile, it'll be right below you on the right-hand side. Please subscribe and hit that icon bell or that little bell icon, icon bell, 
little bell icon. It'll give you notifications every time I post a video. And also swing by uh, eToro at digitalcrypto.com slash eToro. Claim your 50 bucks. Start trading. Start buying and selling Bitcoin and trade with confidence safely and securely and show them some love. So I'd like to thank you guys for another uh, coming for another week. I appreciate it. And if you're listening on uh, on the podcast and you can't actually see me, why don't you raise your glass with me right now and I'll do a little toast clink for you. I don't know, whatever. Anyways, I really do appreciate you guys listening and watching. It, it does make all of this possible. Those numbers help me secure sponsors, which helps me buy better equipment. You know, you, you could probably see, oh, well, you can't see the green screen. You're seeing what I'm projecting on the green screen behind me. But all this kind of stuff is brought in by sponsor money. I take all the money that I make. I put it 100% back into the podcast. I got lights. I got better mics. I got a little light right here. I got the green screen. I bought uh, better video editing software. So anyways, Thank you guys for watching and listening. You really do make it all possible. Feel free to reach out on any of my social media and just let me know if there's anything you'd like to see on the show as well as I'm a big boy. So if you have criticisms, let me know. I, I need to hear these sorts of things. So have a great night and thanks for listening.